0: Sperm Wars! The Truth About Human Relationships. Welcome in. Much love. Trav here. And this book is super, super interesting. I read every page. There's certain books that aren't worth that much time. I think this book is worth a lot of time, especially to the men. It's by Robin Baker. It's also fun to read. There's fiction and there's science. There, It's based on an academic text, so... It's, uh, there's a lot here, and I, I highly, highly recommend this, again, for especially for the men, but I'm going to give you a synopsis so you don't ha- necessarily have to read it. This book, if you do choose to read it, make sure to read the last two chapters. Very important. The second to last chapter is a conclusion. The last chapter is about successful monogamous relationships. If you read everything but the last chapter, it will leave you with the wrong impression. But... Basically, what this book is about, is about the battle for sperm, sperm competition that goes on, on the way to conception, that a lot of conceptions happen with multiple sperm duking it out, that a lot of sperm, and again, this is controversial, so not everyone believes this, not everyone has to believe this, but that a lot lot of the sperm is not even able to fertilize an egg, but it's for blocking and for killing other sperm. So, what this book says is that humans are serially monogamous with infidelity. This seems pretty accurate, right? We're, the, for the most part, not polygynous. There's a little bit of polygyny, and most of that came about through the agricultural revolution, where in the last 10,000 years, men are able to amass a large amount of resources. But most evolutionary psychologist scientists agree that we're really not polygamous, we're more monogamous. You look at our behavior, we're more like bonobos than we are like gorillas. We have, gorillas have tiny, tiny testicles because there's no sperm war competition. If there's the one dude, the one alpha ape is mating with all the women, he doesn't need a big competitive ejaculate, right? He has tiny testicles because there's no competition whereas the chimpanzees, everybody's fucking each other, have big, big nuts because they're just spraying and praying. Humans are, as one of the great apes, is somewhere between a gorilla and a chimpanzee where there is some sperm competition going on. So why is there sperm competition going on? Well, why is there infidelity? Well, for men, there is... First of all, there's no correct mating strategy, and it changes. The best strategy is to be adaptive because there's certain strategies where you are monogamous, as the last chapter discusses, and that can work very well, and there's certain strategies where you spread your seed out. But spreading your seed out got a lot worse with the rise of syphilis and the rise of AIDS, and it might become even less effective with um, more paternity testing becoming more normalized. So there's not necessarily a clear strategy in this clear strategy will continue. If there is a strategy, winning strategy continues to evolve. But basically, it's not always correct to be totally monogamous. There's times when infidelity is a better reproductive strategy. And when we say reproductive strategy, we mean not just have more offspring, but have better offspring that can uh, perform better, that will have more offspring of their own. So infidelity specifically, rather than having a harem or whatever, can be effective if, as a man, you have offspring and you trick other men to bring up your kid, and it turns out, scientists estimate that, and this is especially more common among poor people, 5 to 30% of us are not raised by our genetic father, and this is even beyond those of us who are adopted. A lot of us have dads who are cuckolds who raise us uh, thinking they're the genetic father and they're not. If that freaks you out, well if you have a genetic father, he's not your dad. It's okay. He's probably more handsome than your dad anyways, because as men are infidelitous in order to increase the number of mates to increase the number of offspring, women are infidelitous to increase and improve the genes of their offspring. Women are not going to have more kids because they're limited. They're not going to have more kids by being infidelitous, but they will have better kids with better genes. So they're Usually, they'll have a partner and a lover if they're going to choose the infidelity route. The partner is the caretaker, and the lover is the gene-bearer, who is generally gonna have better genes, gonna be more handsome, right? Now, this is where things get really interesting. And by the way, I'm not gonna go into all the details, but this book explains first born wars. I mean, well, for instance, thrusting and the shape of the head of the penis if there wasn't sperm wars it wouldn't be that way because the way sex is is if there is sperm in there from before the thrusting is pulling it out right so if there was no sperm wars then we wouldn't have sex all the time uh, there wouldn't be there would be clear uh, fertility signals ovulation there would be uh a lot less confusion in general there would be less sex again and there wouldn't be as much thrusting, it would just be you're in and you're out. So spermmore seems like like it's a real thing. That's not happening all the time, but it does tend to happen and this book covers a bunch of scenarios. It covers what affects chance of conception. Uh, for instance, if there is an orgasm within one to two minutes before the insemination, it increases the odds. But if the female orgasm happens two, three, four, five, ten minutes, it strengthens the cervical filter and makes it less likely that conception will occur. If female orgasm happens after insemination, it increases chance of uh, conception. So there's a lot of things like that that is probably better to know that, as far as in my experience, uh, Sex Ed never taught me that, and fooling around with girls never taught me that either. And uh, this book is the only thing that has really covered that, so that's why I recommend it. Um, Let's see what else is in this book that is going to be useful to share here. Um, Okay here's something that's really interesting, and it it explains, this is going to be controversial and the book doesn't posit this theory, but this is my theory behind uh racial preference in females and this is going to be controversial i'm sure but it makes a lot of sense from what i've seen women tend to have stronger racial preferences than men that's anecdotal i don't know if it's true men we do tend to have preferences but they don't seem to be they seem to be more flexible than women who Uh, And this is, again, anecdotal. I've heard girls say, I like Asian guys. I don't like Asian guys. I'm into black guys only. I like white guys, right? You see it, you see patterns of this. Why might this be? Well, if you're choosing a strategy that involves infidelity, then it is important, if you're going to confuse mates in order your infidelity to not be detected, that your lover and partner are the same race. Because if you have a white husband and you're white, and a Chinese baby comes out, then uh, the old black baby, right, (laughs) then he's gonna know something is up. He's gonna file for divorce. Uh, He might pay for the child legally if he has to, but he is less likely to care for it. The child's gonna be a worse situation. It's more likely to be miscarried or aborted. So by having a racial preference, it allows for more flexibility and more indetectability of infidelity, and racial preference often is for whoever's in power, you could say, or often the majority. And I believe this is true because there's data from Hawaii that females who are searching for uh, pornography are searching for Asian porn, and Asians are the majority race there. And my experience in Hawaii is you get treated different there if you're white than if you're Asian, a lot of white people explained a sense of kind of reverse racism. And then I experienced the kind of like being treated like uh, in a way I hadn't before. Uh, people tipping me things and giving me things and being really eager to uh, about me. That was like, uh, this is interesting. So I thought that was because of these uh, things I learned in this book. It is. it? it Uh, makes sense to have uh, a preference in that way. So um, all things to be, to take, take account, especially if you're a man, like the main thing I would say is just, you don't necessarily, if you are infertile and you want to contribute to society, then, then sure, Um, raise some kids, uh, adopted kids. If you are going to be a stepdad, then be a stepdad, that's fine, but try not to get cuckolded and be aware that, that it's a thing that can happen to you. It's not politically correct to say, but it's actually a popular meme right now, and it, it's a real thing that is agreed upon for the most part in evolutionary psychology as a male and female mating strategy. So there's a lot more to this book than that, but that's a important takeaway. Again, there's like good sex ed in here, but the last thing I wanna leave you with is that, again, there's not a correct strategy where you're gonna be infidelitous. It depends on your situation a lot, and a lot of people will have a lot of success being monogamous and fidelitous and not cheating and only having children with one partner There's a lot of benefits to that. There's no chance of getting caught. There's less chance of disease, again, uh, with AIDS and syphilis and other, uh, other things that you really don't want floating around. Monogamy can be a safe play. And if you know, both parties know that it's theirs and there's a lot of trust, you can devote yourself to giving your children a better life and putting them in a position to have more kids themselves, and putting yourself in a position to have a lot of grandkids and progeny and so on and so on. Again, uh, flexible strategy is important and there's a lot of things to be aware of, so I hope you find this useful. If you want to know more, get the book. Depending on when you're watching this, there'll be a link, freelivinggoals.com books, where this will be on my recommended books list. If you're watching this right now, right as it uploaded, that's probably not the case, but you go to Amazon, type in sperm wars, and find it that way. And highly, highly recommend reading this, especially to the men. I hope you find it useful. And have a fucking incredible, amazing, blessed existence, and write me in the comments what you think about this. It's a, a hell of a book. Again, it's controversial, not everyone agrees on it, but it's some ideas that are good to be aware of because they are kind of popular too. So uh, let me know what you think in the comments, and if you've read this book, let me know what you think about the book. Much love. Have a, a blessed, blessed life for you and your kids and your grandkids. Take action.